Psalm number one, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. For his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray as we get into God's word. Father God, as we reflect on what it means to be blessed this morning, we pray that you would help us to keep our eyes on Jesus that the joy of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, a joy that cannot be taken away by our circumstances, we pray that that would be, that would rise up in us this morning, Lord, that we would understand how amazingly blessed we are, regardless of our circumstances. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as most of you know, uh, I used to be a mechanic. And I still do a lot of tinkering on machinery from time to time. These days, without having the time pressure of having to get something done in a certain amount of time, it's quite a lot more enjoyable to work on all kinds of machinery. And when you're working on just about any kind of machinery, there is an order to everything you do. And unless you follow that order, well, you'll soon find yourself in a frustrating situation. Either you'll have left a part out or maybe you will have put something together incorrectly. I've often heard people joke about how much easier it is to pull something apart than it is to put it back together, but I've actually always found it the opposite way around. In most cases, if you're dealing with something that you've never pulled apart before, then there'll nearly always be a, a clip just where you don't expect it or a hidden bolt coming in from a direction you don't know about. And so it can often be a lot harder to pull something apart than it is to put it together after you've found that hidden bolt or that hidden clip. It's easier to put it back together because now you know the order that it's supposed to go together in. Every engine and every piece of machinery has its own order to how it's supposed to be put together. Skip any one of those steps and you will put that machine together incorrectly. And if you've ever worked on machinery and if you've ever got it wrong, you'll know how frustrating it is to have to do the whole job all over again because you've missed one of those steps. There is an order to every, every piece of machinery, the way it goes together. Every part has its purpose and every part in that machine has its own specific place. And in a very similar way, there is an order to following the Lord. God is the creator of all things. He is the one who has given us our life and breath. And he is the one who holds all things together. Now, this is a very fragile and, and limited way to describe God, but I think God is a bit like an engine block. The engine block is the central component in any engine. Every single part bolts onto it, and it is the bit that holds all of those parts 
in their correct place and in their correct order. And it is the thing that gives them their purpose. Without the engine block, all those parts would be is a whole heap of scrap metal lying on the floor. And in a way, God is like an engine block. This is in his creation. In a sense, all of the parts that are working in order are connected to him. Anyone who isn't connected to him is living outside of that order. They are disconnected from his purposes and plans, the ones that he has designed for them. And God's plan for each and every one of us is to be blessed. Now, the word blessed simply means to be happy. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, if God really wants me to be blessed, then why is my bank balance hovering so close to zero? Or, or maybe it's well and truly into the red. Why isn't it with that number that it begins with followed by lots of zeros instead? Others might be thinking, if God wants me to be blessed, if he wants me to be happy, then why do I continue to face all of the struggles of this life? The trouble is that the way we think about what it means to be blessed has been well confused by our culture. And it's easy for us to buy into the lies of what this world mean, thinks it means to be blessed. Most of the time when you hear people say that they are feeling blessed, it's because something has gone their way. They've received something that they've wanted or something that they've really excited about. Or maybe they speak of being blessed because they're living a comfortable and enjoyable life. That's not how the Bible talks about being blessed. Let's think about what Jesus has to say about being blessed. In Matthew 5, Jesus says this about being blessed. The blessed, uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are before you, who were before you. So in God's economy, to be happy, to be blessed, isn't about having more stuff or experiencing more comfort or pleasure in this life. In God's economy, those who are blessed are those who are able to rejoice in him regardless of their circumstances because the Lord has already given them the desire of their hearts. He's already given them himself. They know his love and his faithfulness despite their circumstances and so they're able to be content in him. And this is the same sense that the psalmist speaks about the blessed in Psalm 1. The psalmist refers to the blessed as those who aren't being led astray by the wicked. They are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but those who walk in the counsel of the Lord. They delight in the wisdom of God. They are the ones who are willing to be taught, rebuked and trained in righteousness according to God's word. They are living in order 
in the order that God had, has created them. In other words, the blessed are those who are leaning into God's word, those who are not easily led astray by the lies of this world. The blessed, the happy, are those who are willing to submit their favourite theological positions, their cultural preferences to the authority of God's word, to walk his way rather than our own as they meditate on it and reflect on its meaning and its purpose in our lives. Like a tree that is planted by a stream that always has water whenever it wants, the blessed are constantly being watered and nourished by God's word as it works in their hearts and as they apply it to their circumstances, whether they be full of joy or whether they be full of struggles. And the psalmist says in verse 3, the psalm says, whatever the blessed do prospers. Now that's hard, isn't it? Because we know that those who follow the Lord, those who walk in the counsel of the Lord aren't always the ones who are, live comfortable lives. They aren't all the ones who they don't always experience good circumstances. And first, when we read these words, it sounds a little bit like the psalmist is saying, obey the Lord and his word and we'll be rich, comfortable, happy, and everything's going to be good. But that isn't what the psalmist is saying. In fact, Psalm 73 is very helpful in this. In Psalm 73, the psalmist acknowledges his own struggle as he's watched the wicked prospering and those who follow the Lord suffering. The psalmist says in Psalm 73, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from burdens common to man. And they are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. When the psalmist says the words in Psalm 3 that whatever the blessed do prospers, he's referring to the eternal value of what they have invested in. The blessed do prosper, even when they're being persecuted and insulted for the sake of Christ's name because their eternal reward in heaven is guaranteed. I imagine we've all met people who do not have a lot of possessions and wealth in this life who are really happy people. And I'm sure we've also met people who are wealthy but who are extremely unhappy. And that's because being blessed isn't about how much stuff we have. Or about our circumstances. It's about who our faith is in. We might at times be tempted, like the psalmist in Psalm 73, to look at those who have rejected the Lord and how they seem to be prospering this in this life and to feel a bit jealous. But the wicked, the psalmist says in Psalm 1, verses 4 and 5, the wicked are like chaff that blows away. 
For a time, everything seems to be going their way. For a time, they seem to be the ones who are blessed. But when the day of judgment comes, when it's time for them to be brought before the Lord and to give an account of their lives, everything they will have invested in will be shown to be just chaff, just worthless, meaningless. It'll all be blown away. All of the things that they have been working so hard to achieve will be found to be what they are, meaningless. But the Lord watches over his blessing and has made sure that they will not perish like the wicked. One of the struggles I think we have with Psalm 1, at least I've had for, for a long time, just getting my head and my heart around this psalm, is that this psalm speaks in incredibly absolute terms. Those who live their lives according to the counsel of the wicked receive God's judgment. And those who live their lives according to the counsel of God receive God's blessing. The trouble is that this life isn't that black and white, is it? And on top of that, none of us, not one of us, are able to live our whole lives, every moment of every day, our past, present and future, none of us are able or have or will be able to live our lives according to the counsel of God. Not in this absolute kind of sense, not in the way the psalmist speaks. None of us are able to stand in the presence of God on the basis of having walked in the counsel of God's law. But this psalm isn't calling us to try and be better, to try and work hard at being good. It's encouraging those who trust in the Lord to order our lives around him. You see, Jesus is the blessed one of this psalm. He is the only one who has ever fulfilled this psalm fully. He's the only one on the day of judgment who will be able to stand there on the basis of his own good works. The good news is that because of him, we will be able to stand too. We will be able to stand among the blessed. On the cross, as Greg referred, it's, we've only just had Easter. We've only just been reflecting about the crucifixion, the resurrection and the ascension. On the cross, Jesus, the blessed one, he willingly became accursed for us taking our guilt and shame upon himself, even though he had no guilt of his own. And he did this so that through his death in our place and his resurrection three days later, we who were once accursed might now, through faith in him, be among those who are considered the blessed. We become the blessed person of this psalm through faith in Jesus. We find our order. We find our place in him. The blessed do prosper in everything they do because they are the ones who have received the desires of their hearts. And the desire is Christ Jesus. And he cannot be taken away by our circumstances. 
The blessed are like trees planted by streams of water. They have everything they need. It's all there. They just sit back and flourish because they have everything they need in Christ Jesus. Sure, we will face hard times and, and struggles. There'll be things that we find hard to deal with, things that we don't feel like we deserve and things that we really find hard to get through. But if our faith is in Jesus, if, if he is our hope, then we truly are among the blessed. Ephesians 1 gives us all sorts of wonderful blessings and promises of God. In Ephesians 1, our Lord Jesus says that those in Christ Jesus, those with faith in him, have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. And not just that, we have the promised Holy Spirit, which is a seal guaranteing the, in, the in, eternal inheritance for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if we are among the blessed, then we are blessed abundantly. We have this joy, this happiness that cannot be taken away by our circumstances. So even though we, we may be at times be tempted to envy the wicked, those who are walking according to this world, like the psalmist does in Psalm 73, let's not be like that. In fact, Let's be praying for them. Why, why be envying those who are still walking around in darkness while we are walking in light? Let's find our delight in the counsel of the Lord as the Lord equips us and blesses us so that we can live a life that is content in him regardless of what's going on around us. For great is our reward, so much greater than words can describe. Let's give him thanks now in prayer. Lord Jesus, we can so often be tempted to allow our circumstances to dictate our emotions, to dictate our decisions, and we can allow them to feel as though we're having a hard time, but when we're, when we're having a hard time, Lord, that you have forgotten us or that you are not watching us at the moment. Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember that in all circumstances, you work for the good of those who love you and that our circumstances are not our blessing, but the eternal inheritance which is guaranteed in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to find our joy and our hope in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.